for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Okay, bonjour. Six-pack lap of that, and we got um, Noemi Alabelle, 52-kilo, two-time world champion, and uh, her coach, Yusuf El Adlani. I got it right. Yeah, that's right. Mommy. Hello, guys. Um, and fresh off of Sheffield, which was, we were talking online before we started recording and it was absolutely bonkers. I mean, this, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Um, maybe ask Noemi how she feels, you know, looking back at Sheffield, just her initial reactions coming back to normal life now. Comment tu te sens, Nono, depuis ton retour de Sheffield, euh, avec le retour un peu calme, comment tu te sens, c'est quoi tes émotions par rapport à tout ça euh, bah Pour l'instant, je me sens bien. Euh, j'ai vraiment hâte de prendre ma revanche euh, au championnat du monde. Mais euh, pour l'instant, ça va. J'ai pas encore repris les trainings euh, à fond, mais euh, je reprends euh, je reprends début de semaine prochaine. Yeah, she says she feels good. She feels good. And she's just enjoying the, like, the chill time after our meet. And mm. uh, she can't wait to have her revenge at words. <laughs> you know, um, so I was talking to when, when we found out Evie was moving into the 52 kilo class, I was a little shocked in the preview show. Tori had mentioned that Evie looks small and shredded smaller than a 57 would be. And yes. um, I was like, huh, you know, I wasn't sure if she was reading into it too much. It's hard to tell sometimes. And um, then, obviously, it was I, I asked uh, Noemi about it in in the preview before, and Noemi said she already knew that Evie was coming into fifty two. And Noemi even said that, um, and I was like, "How did you know?" And she said somebody from New Zealand told her. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> wow, some controversy." <laughs> so, what happened there? How did she find out? And and what did she think when she found out? So I know this the story. So one week before Sheffield, she comes out with the fact that this lifter I I heard of, but I was not worrying about since she was not in our weight class. Mm. She told me, "Yeah, she's doing a weight cut to come in the fifty twos." Like I've been told this from this lifter, and I say, "Well, she must be some friend of her, or I don't know, some kind of stuff." <laughs> like we never know. Like we're not there with them right but i think there's some rivalries or just some i don't know stuff like between sports rivalries there. anyways yeah yeah so someone told noemi that she was oh. pretty like it was not a sure info like we still didn't knew for for sure that it was going to be like this but we prefer to take the info as true and pre be prepared for that and it came out that it was true so It was wild because like before, um, you know, we did a quick interview and I asked Noemi, I'm like, some people have showdowns at Sheffield. Do you have the same motivation when there's no other 52 there? And Noemi goes, there is another 52. And I was like, who's Boom. in the 52? <laughs> and she goes, Evie Corrigan. And then I'm like, 
How do you know? What? And she's like, someone from New Zealand told me. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Um, <laughs> crazy. So when you guys found out, and it was kind of, you know, sneaky, it, it was kept quiet. How did you guys feel about it? Were you like, whatever, game on? Or did you feel, because because it was kept quiet, did it matter as kept quiet? Were you like, all right, if you want it, you're going to get it? Like, what was your initial impression when you found that out? Both you and him. Yeah, I'm going to ask her in French. Nono, il demande en gros, comment tu t'es senti quand tu as découvert que tu allais avoir une concurrente directe? Et surtout par rapport au fait que ça s'est fait assez en sourdine, que qu'on n'en parlait pas plus que ça, etc. Euh, sur le coup, je me suis dit, putain, <rire> je ne serai jamais tranquille en 52. Parce que j'ai toujours eu de la concurrence, même en France, en 52 avec Shizuka. Donc, euh, je me suis dit, putain, euh, c'était sûr, en gros. Et euh, je me suis dit, bah tant pis, euh, si je gagne la victoire, elle sera encore plus belle. Et euh, si je perds, bah, c'est comme ça, c'est le sport. Mais euh, ouais, voilà. Ouais. Okay, so she says that um, like she always had big matchups in every meet she did. Like in France, there was Shizuka Rico before, mm. so we never had a meet without a strong um, like lifter against us. Um, so she was kind of feeling weird that there was not at this meet a competitor in the 52, and she said, I was sure it was going to happen. Like. It can't happen that I have an easy meet with uh, no stress because of a lifter that's against me. And uh, like she's used to it, like uh, so it was a good thing. Like if we if I win, it's gonna be even better. Mm. And if I lose, it's just the sport. So it is what it is. Um, when I found out, so afterwards in the hotel lobby, like I was, I was kind of like, holy smokes, this is this is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a good showdown. I wasn't sure what to expect from Evie because her last performance as a 57, she put up four, 468. So I didn't, for her to put up four sixties for me, like I could, like that's insane. But then for Noemi to put up four fifty four is insane. Like in, um, for, these are 52s putting up like four fifty four. Like they're within six kilos of each other. Like there's, that's one lift. Like they're super close. Someone misses, someone hits, right? It, it's yeah. Um, so it's it's an amazing rivalry, but I I wasn't sure what to expect, and um, I remember being in the in the lobby, and I I I because there's like a bit of a language barrier. I don't know Noemi like some of the other French people do, but I remember talking to um, a group of people, and Pennant was there, and he goes, "Listen to me, Noemi's fierce." When she sees Evie weighs a 52, she's she's coming. Like, she's a competitor. She's like, yeah. she's going. I was like, how how big of a total do you think we're going to see? And he's like, I don't know, man, but she's not going to lay down for this. Like, it's if you want to battle her, it is going to be right down to the last deadlift. Like, that's the way it's yeah. going to be. And no matter what, um, win, lose, or draw, like, do you think, does Noemi think, if Evie wasn't there, she would have been pushed. Like, do you think, does she think um, the 454 happened because she was pushed and, or if there was no one there, she would have ended up with a massive total anyways. Okay. I'm going to ask her then. I'm going to say what I think about it too. But... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Il demande en gros si tu penses que même sans une concurrente directe, tu aurais pu faire un aussi gros total. 
Bien Ou est-ce que ça t'a poussé <rire> Bien sûr. <rire> euh, L'objectif pour cette compétition-là chez Phil, c'était bah, de, bah, de gagner et, euh, et du coup bah, de battre le record du monde euh, au maximum. Euh, après qu'il y ait Evie ou pas Evie, honnêtement, ça n'a pas changé grand-chose. Je pense que j'ai fait le maximum. Donc euh, voilà, c'est comme ça. So she said, of course, I would have done the same total like. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, some so people actually, rise, but. Yeah, no, we were expecting, expecting like, even at Europe's, we did 4.37 with really an easy third, second deadlift. We didn't even did the third, I think. So we knew at, that we were going to reach at least 4.50. We were mm. aiming for a bit more, like 460 would have been the the big goal. Like when I did the game plan, I saw what each lifter could potentially do and how to come up first. And I was seeing Jay Jacob doing 520, 515, 520. So I was aiming for, for 60 to right. make the win, like. And then Evie came up and it was actually the same meet that we expected to do until the last deadlift that was for the win. So, so in terms of like motivation, if Noemi's lifting in herself, like without a weight class, like no one else in her weight class, or if someone jumps in and is there, it's the same for her. It doesn't really like change anything on her end. Niveau motivation, par contre, est-ce que ça aurait été pareil d'être toute seule à Sheffield dans ta catégorie ou pas? Ou l'effet d'avoir un adversaire, ça a changé quelque chose euh... Niveau hype, etc. Honnêtement, je ne pense pas que ça ait changé quelque chose. Après, euh, je pense qu'il y a eu peut-être un peu plus de hype au niveau du soulevé de terre. Mais, euh, mais honnêtement, après, j'ai fait la compète que je voulais faire et qu'elle soit là ou pas là, ça n'a pas... pas changé grand-chose. Je pense que j'aurais fait exactement la même chose. Et même au niveau de la hype, je pense que je savais que c'était la compétition et qu'il fallait tout donner. Donc euh, honnêtement, je n'ai pas trop fait attention à elle. Durant la compétition, j'ai fait... Fait, ma... fait ma compète. Okay, she says that it didn't change a lot that there was Evie there until the deadlift battle, like for the first spot. And so, no, it actually didn't change a lot, uh, just a bit more hype and stuff because she was fighting for the first place. Mm. But it's not, it's not because Evie was there, essentially, but it was just a little better, but not that much. It was, um, it was crazy, like the experience in that stadium it, like 2000 people there chanting and i looked over into the crowd and when noemi hit the platform there was like people standing and hollering and i remember like and waving like french flags and at one point like noemi would look off into the crowd and be like you know acknowledge them um like what was that like for noemi to experience sheffield like that because like the music would pound And I could feel it in my chest rattling. I mean, it was, I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. And I've been commentating powerlifting for a long time. Uh, so just asking Noemi her experience and seeing these people in the crowd and, and just like the hype that they brought to her. Okay. Ça te faisait quoi, en gros, Nono, d'avoir dans cette compétition, à part tout le fait qu'il y avait la musique, les lumières, etc., l'effet d'avoir vraiment un public qui était vraiment super engagé, qui qui était debout avec les, les drapeaux français, qui faisait du bruit, etc. Qu'est-ce que ça te faisait euh, bah Forcément, ça fait plaisir, parce que du coup, euh, moi, il y avait toute, euh, bah, toute ma team qui était là pour me soutenir. Et, euh, <rire> ils ont foutu le feu, ils ont foutu vraiment le gros bordel. 
Et, euh, et franchement, c'était top parce que bah, quand je passais sur la plateforme, forcément, je les entendais, il y avait du bruit et tout. Et, euh, et nous, quand on est au championnat du monde, dans les petites catégories, dans les 47, 52, en général, c'est tôt le matin et il n'y a presque personne ou vraiment pas grand monde. Donc là, c'était vraiment exceptionnel. Donc euh, franchement, j'ai kiffé. So she says that it was really a, a great pleasure to experience this, especially because in, the, in every international meet that she did, since the lower weight classes, the, the women's are a bit less like followed, there was never a crowd like this in her meets. Like in the 93 battles at Words in South Africa, there was quite a good like crowd. It was noisy and stuff, you know, but she never experienced this. And she was very, very happy to, to leave this and all the friends that came from France to, to, to support her and stuff. She, it was very good. The, like, she's right. In terms of a showcase for the lighter weight women, this was perfect. Like the, the, the 52s, two 52s at the top in the battle was amazing. Everybody wants to watch this happen again. Like it was a perfect showcase. And then even a third place is Jad Jacob, who's a 57. It's still like the lighter side of weightlifting. It's uh, for the lighter weight women. It was perfect. Um, yeah. This year. So it's obviously the French women are, are really like on top. This year at the world championships, are the French women going to secure the team uh, championship? On point. Uh, est-ce que tu penses que l'équipe féminine Open va gagner au championnat du monde Bien sûr. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and um, because it was, it's, it's between Team France and Team USA. Has Team France bypassed Team USA at this point, do you, does she feel Est-ce que tu ressens comme si l'équipe française avait vraiment dépassé et su, supéré le, la puissance de l'équipe américaine Pour l'équipe féminine, je pense que oui. Euh, parce que euh, bah déjà, on... je ne sais même plus si on avait fait meilleure nation mondiale en France, je ne sais plus. Mais euh, je pense qu'honnêtement, euh, on a une très bonne équipe féminine en France. Donc, euh... donc je pense qu'on est au-dessus maintenant. Yeah, she feels like Frances is took over to America in the women open division. Yeah. I mean, it's even in the juniors, man, it's starting to get, you guys got a lot of yeah. junior world champions now. Um, In terms of how Sheffield was, like her performance and her previous performances at the World Championships, what does she rank as her proudest of all of her performances? Because she's won the title a couple times now. Comment tu classerais le Sheffield par rapport à toutes tes compétitions internationales niveau fierté personnelle? Au dessus, vraiment, c'est la. Je pense que c'était vraiment très très prestigieux, c'était très suivi. Euh, c'était la première fois aussi que des personnes en tant que spectateurs payaient, le, payaient leur place pour, pour voir un show. Donc, on était vraiment très mis en avant. Euh, on a signé des autographes, on a fait des photos et tout. Donc, c'était vraiment euh, une autre ambiance par rapport à des championnats du monde. Euh, et là, c'était très sélectif vu qu'on était euh, 12 et 12. Donc, euh, c'était vraiment un très gros show. Et je pense que c'est vraiment la meilleure compétition pour l'instant que j'ai jamais vécue. OK, for her... It's actually the greatest meet that she has ever done and the most with the one which she's the most proud of since there was a, a big selection before like it was only 12 best lifters and there was like everything around the meet like photos and the meet and greet people paid to see her and stuff so yeah it's pretty cool that people 2000 people paid to watch yeah. 2000 people flew People bought plane tickets 
flew from another country, got a hotel, paid money, sat down and watched. Like, this is like, that's crazy. This is like what rock bands dream of. There are literally rock bands touring right now who would have died for 2,000 people to pack a stadium yeah. or arena and watch them. And this is what like powerlifting is at now. It's a pretty cool experience when you think about it that way. Um, and you, did it impact her performance when she hit the stage? Like I just did a podcast with Gavin Aiden and he said he felt almost obligated to put on a show, almost obligated like after he hit a lift and he gave like a celebratory, like threw his hands up to acknowledge the crowd or when he hit the platform and he felt the, whoa, the crowd like chanting and cheering. And he was like, let's go like get the, to engage back and forth. He said like, A, he felt it. Like it was like, like he'd never felt it before. And B he said, because people flew in and paid and did all this, he felt a bit of an obligation to ramp it up a little bit. If you hit a big lift, you know, celebrate with them. If you're about to hit a big lift, call on them to do, to give you the energy. Did she feel that as well? Or was she kind of just like, look at, I'm staying in the pocket because I'm in the middle of a battle and I'm not. I already know. Okay. Um, but I'm going to ask her anyway. Okay. Uh, demande <laughs> si, comment, avec l'effet qu'il y avait le public et tout, est-ce que tu t'es senti d'une certaine mesure obligé de devoir performer, du coup, tenter des grosses barres, euh, d'interagir avec avant ou après les listes, etc. Euh, ouais, après, euh, on est forcément dans sa compétition, donc on entend, on essaye d'interagir de, bah, de, avec le public, mais après, on reste forcément dans sa compétition, donc on est un petit peu dans sa bulle. Mais, euh, mais forcément, ça nous pousse, ça nous pousse euh, bah, à soulever plus lourd, à essayer de réussir ses lifts, à faire un peu le show, entre guillemets. So she said that, yeah, she felt that not as much as Gavin, for sure, but because, you know, you're in your meet, like you want to do well, you have your battle with the other lifter for the first place and stuff. But yeah, she still had to, she felt like she had to interact more with the crowd compared to the other meets, like to put on a show, like hype them up and stuff. But for the choices of bars and stuff, it was just like her meet. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and because everything's like, for sure, powerlifting in general in France is is on the rise, but particularly the women's. Why is that? What is, for a lot of people, like I, ca I came to France for the silent worker meet and a lot of people, and I, I, when I came back, I'm telling everybody who, who I could tell, it is, there's something going on in France. Like when I showed up, the crowd was insane. They were extremely into the event. They waited after the event, after the event was done, there was lineups for like, like people think I'm exaggerating. I'm like, it was like 45 minutes of people waiting in line to take pictures and talk to some of these lifters, you know, that were at the silent worker meet. Like the powerlifting is blowing up in France. And there's people like, um, you know, Scott and Blow, they do French content, I'll super know them, but they have like millions of followers on YouTube. Um, Antoine, who Brutus on TikTok, millions of people and, and all this. So there's massive influencers who are getting involved now in powerlifting in France. And it's just blowing up. Like these people in English speaking nations, we can't fully appreciate what is happening in France. And I'm trying to tell people, like, if you look at the numbers, some of these social media people are massive, but we don't know about them because of French content. And the amount of participation and even the young, like in the juniors, this isn't one wave. 
Like we're just like no Amy and the people in the open. There's a second wave coming and it's a fucking tidal wave. Like this is not mm -hmm. small, right? Um, so what exactly is it? The sh your impression as well, like I know in Italy now, but you were in France and her impression, why is powerlifting blowing up like this in France? T'as compris parce qu'elle dit non, non ou pas? Oui, j'ai compris. Euh, en gros, ils se, de ils se demandent pourquoi, enfin, qu'est-ce qui se passe en France euh, par rapport à. Pour que ça explose autant, ouais. Après, euh, bah, moi, je pense que ça vient forcément de YouTube. Euh, le fait qu'il y ait pas mal d'influenceurs aussi qui, bah, qui, qui fassent du powerlifting. Il y a des gros comptes mm -hmm. du powerlifting, donc je pense que ça joue aussi. Euh, après, par rapport aux autres nations, honnêtement, je ne vois pas de différence à part, euh, je pense que c'est très médiatisé en France euh, par rapport à, aux influenceurs. Moi, je pense qu'on a juste un petit peu d'avance, mais pas tant que ça. Bon, je vais te dire ça. Donc, elle dit que c'est sûr que les grands lifters qui sont sur TikTok, Instagram, YouTube et tout ça aident les jeunes youngsters à connaître ce sport. Like, don't just go to the gym, but do some squat bench and deadlift. See what you what you can do, what you can hit, and as soon as people start that, well, as everyone knows, powerlifting it's more uh, like there are numbers. Like it's not just pumping muscles and see where you get. So mm -hmm. people get attracted to it, and get attracted to the to the athletes that have personalities and stuff. But I actually think, as Noemi thinks too, that there's not so much difference with other states in Europe. That France just started sooner. Like I see Spain is moving really strong right now. Mm. They just started two, three years ago, but they're getting really strong. Italy from my side, I see a lot of lifters coming. Same. We have some years of uh, like relate compared to France, but it's coming like France just started sooner. So we're seeing this explosion as the main driver in Europe with Great Britain. But yeah, mm. that's not, that's not that bigger compared to other european states so so because you guys know you're you're over there in europe and you're in italy now in italy yeah like italy like obviously gara uh chiara bernardi and like there's there's uh, italians coming up um and edo in 83s and like there's yeah. who just hit like beast. there's absolute beast is this so this is happening now it's slightly behind france because france came first yeah you're, you're saying you see the same thing happening in other nations that happened in France. And we can expect all of Europe starting to rise like this now. Maybe not with the same rate. Like, I don't think there, that's in Italy, there will be a lifter like, I don't know, like Tiffany in two years will become world champion. But yeah, we are following that. Like, I don't know how much time it will take to, like, not take the lead, but as strong as France, but Spain, Italy, and some European states are moving strong too, yeah. There are just less influent athletes, like, we have no one that's really, really, really focused on social, like Instagram, YouTube, and stuff, mm. so that won't help developing it faster, but still, there are pretty good movements here, yeah. Yeah, like, it's a combination, right? You need, first off, you need someone to become a champion. Uh, yeah. like an open open class world champion and and gara yes. can, gara certainly can um lee is going 69 kilos for worlds and i don't know if corolla gara is going to be a worlds or whatever but like she, if she yeah, does if she does she's going to be like at the front runner but we also need social media push 
uh, because some of these French people have like big social media followings and, and that's a, it goes hand in hand with it. Um, why, why is it that particularly that the French women have taken off like they have? Like when I look at the weight class totals, like the records in the IPF, the French women, there's eight weight classes. The French women have, um, it, before Sheffield leading into it, five of eight of those, which is crazy. Why? Yeah. why I mean, if you think about that, why? Yeah. <laughs> 57s, Jad, Noemi, 52, Leah, 69s, um, Emilie Mergier, freaking, like, it doesn't matter, or Turbo Tiff in the 47s, like, it's crazy all the way through. Um, and, and Laura in the 76s. Why particularly is the women's division so big, like, all of a sudden? And, and there's depth to it. What's going on? How how did this happen? Is it just like it, it? Is this new or what's your impression? I don't have an answer to that. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Demi what she thinks about it, and then I'll like combine the both both answers. Okay. Non, non, okay. Non, 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 I'm not concerned. It's okay. I'm not French. <laughs> but yeah, she says that like they're just strong. Like there's no a real answer. Like we can't explain it. Like, like is there more participation? Like what? Because there's obviously huge participation by women. What kind of enticed all of these women to try powerlifting? Because because the participation rates have got have gone got up over the last couple of years. Is it just like because once there's a, a couple world champions, all of a sudden it's like how popular is powerlifting in France right now? Est-ce que tu penses que c'est juste parce que c'est très populaire chez les femmes en France et que du coup il y en a plein et que du coup il faut difficile de trouver des athlètes fortes? C'est qu'est-ce qui est-ce qu'il y a une influence sur, sur ça? Avec le fait que vous soyez plein et très forte et que du coup ben ça pousse les autres à faire pareil. Non, parce que euh, je pense qu'il y a autant de mecs que de femmes qui font du powerlifting en France. Je pense qu'il y a plus de mecs quand même. Ouais, même plus de mecs. Donc euh, peut-être que le niveau est plus élevé chez les mecs que chez les femmes. Honnêtement, je sais, je sais pas du tout. Euh, je, non, je sais pas. Euh, dis ce que tu veux. Elle ne sait pas vraiment. Since, well, I, I think even in France, there are a lot more men that do powerlifting than women. Uh, maybe she says that the the level of powerlifting in the, in the men divisions are just far superior for now since they started sooner there are much more athletes and stuff and uh, yeah so there's not a real answer why French women are that strong but like just maybe it was easier and in France they got a big movement from three four years ago and they just took the place and we'll see in a few years if it will be still the same or not what do you think personally because you're from France you, you were lived in France for a while so I actually feel like there's there are not that more women that do powerlifting in France than Italy or Spain. Uh, I just feel that in Italy it happened it happened almost the same with Carola when she became strong. Few lifters behind became really strong too, like Chiara, uh, Saranaldi, and stuff. Mm. I guess where there's a leader that shows the way. Then others people just believe, yeah, it's possible. Like we can do it. Like there's not only the American. 
So I think in France, Italy, that's what happened in the women division, like uh, with Leah, then Noemi, then the others. Hmm. And maybe just that's just the reason. Like, well, I remember 2019 when I first met them, and we didn't have someone in France yet. Who? And now we do. Now we got tons. Now girls in France um, are going to see Noemi in Sheffield and be like, I want to be like that. They're going to see Noemi yeah. at Worlds and they're going to be around Noemi's body weight and be like, that looks amazing. I want to, I want to jump in. How do I sign up? Like that's the dream, you know? So, but before Noemi, Leah, whatever, there wasn't one of those ladies yet. Who did Noemi look up to? In 2019, 2018, when she was going to Worlds, leading the way. Du coup, non, non, parce que j'ai dit qu'en gros, je pense que le fait qu'il y ait une, deux athlètes fortes qui sont sorties, ça peut, ça a pu guider les autres à croire que c'était possible. Du coup, de donner, de donner les moyens. Et lui, il demande avant qu'il y ait toutes ces athlètes en France, du coup, comme toi, Olia, euh, qui est-ce que tu regardais ou qui est-ce que tu visais Est-ce qu'il y avait quelqu'un qui, qui avait cet effet sur toi euh, moi avant j'étais en moins de 47 donc quand j'ai commencé du coup je regardais les 47 et forcément la 47 la plus forte quand j'ai commencé c'était Heather euh, du coup c'est surtout Heather avec son soulevé de terre qui m'impressionnait et euh, bah, c'est elle que je suivais le plus et quand je l'ai vue en vrai pour ma première compétition je me suis dit ah ouais elle est réelle et euh, c'est comme ça que ça a commencé en fait je me suis dit en fait ce que je vois sur Instagram c'est réel et du coup bah, tu, peux, tu peux les voir et tu peux faire la compétition et tu peux peut-être y arriver aussi Okay. So when she first started, it was in the 47th. And the the only lifter that she looked up to in that way was either Connor, with her, especially her dad, for sure. And so, yeah, when she reached her first international meet and she saw Connor really hit that deadlift in front of her eyes, she thought, yeah, that's like, that's in front of me, it's possible, so I can reach it. And it started to. So the same consequences as she has, she has, she's having on the other lifters now. So that was the moment. And she, she obviously decided to move up to 52s and the rest is history. I mean, she two time world champion. Why, why did she move up to 52s? And is it, is she, does she foresee herself staying a 52 from here on out? Or has she ever thought about moving around again? Cause sometimes she's light, you know, this time she was closer to 52, but Could she cut the 47 again? Would she ever think about moving up to 57? Oh, but I can't Déjà, pourquoi tu as voulu passer en 52 et est-ce que tu te vois rester en 52 définitivement? Euh, alors, pourquoi j'ai voulu rester en 52 déjà? Parce que j'arrivais plus à faire le régime et, et je faisais pas de cut à la, quand j'ai commencé en 47. Donc, euh, c'était très très dur pour moi d'être au poids en 47. J'ai fait n'importe quoi. Et euh, tu veux déjà traduire ça? Okay. I'm starting with the first half of the answer. Okay. And she said that she moved to the 52s because before she didn't do any weight cut. So she was just dieting all year round to maintain the weight as low as possible. And she, she was starting to struggle way too much to, to keep the weight that low. And so she chose to move up for that easily. Mm. Vas-y, continue. <laughs> Et la deuxième question, uh, du coup... Euh, on va pas dire que c'est pas impossible euh, pas tout de suite parce que je pense que si je le fais un jour euh, le fait de descendre en 47 
je pense que quand je vais remonter en 52, j'aurai forcément des pertes. Donc, ce euh, c'est pas, pas impossible parce que j'ai un petit goût de... Je sais pas comment dire, un petit goût amer par rapport à... Ouais, inachevé par rapport à, à 47. Le fait que bah, j'avais fait vice-championne du monde face à Heiser, justement. Et, euh, et je ne cutais pas. Donc, j'aurais bien aimé en fait, voir ce que ça fait de, bah, de côté et d'essayer de, en 47. Mais pas tout de suite parce que pour l'instant, ça n'aurait aucun sens de, de descendre en 47 vu que je suis compétitive. So uh, she said that for now it's not in our plans to to go down to the 47s again. She has a lot to do still in the 52s. Uh, we have to try to take our world record back. So for now it's not it's absolutely not in the in our sight. But maybe one day, not sure. Maybe we'll we'll never. But she never did a weight cut in the 47. She still has like. The deception that she has never won a world championship in the 47. She only had got to, to the silver. So maybe one day, if, the, if there is the possibility, we will take it. But we need to choose carefully since if we do that, and then we won't come, we want to come back in the 52s, it's going to be a lot of time that will be lost. Mm. So it, I mean, it's something special to be a world champion in two different weight classes. Not a lot of people can do that. Like that is very yeah. difficult. Um, it, so she would be, but I mean, does she cut to make 52 or does she walk around at 52? She does a little cut. Like, little cut, okay. We, I had to to force her to move a little bit on the weight. Like she was going always around 51, maybe sometimes lower. First time I started coaching her. Mm. And I said, listen, we, we have goals. Like you need to put on some weight, like, good weight mm. and then we have to cut even a little bit but we have to cut for the weight class to be as competitive as possible mass moves mass there's a reason why there's weight classes like yeah you know what i mean like especially at the top end i mean evie cut you know she cut a lot i mean it is yeah. what it is you got to do what you got to do um that's for sure man it, so she's more likely in the future to drop the 57 or sorry drop to 47 then move to 57 is 57 just too too much of a jump does she think you want to ask her or just say what i think about it uh sure whatever whatever you think if you guys have already talked about it you could go ahead you might already know the answer no no tu tu penses que mon temps sera jamais faisable sera jamais intéressant en 57 mm. non euh ouais. non <laughs> yeah so now we will we never thought about it like a possibility like uh she just said i don't want to be fat like so, okay i, I <laughs> thought that's what she said i know girls and i know what that means too yeah well i mean it's look it understandable right like it to be if she started as a 47 to end up a 57 yeah. that's 10 kilos that's a 22 yeah. kilo spread the the um weight and that's even more if you thought about cutting weight in the 57 like every top 57 do so right it's it big be way too much kilos to take yeah yeah even like a five kilo jump from 52 to 57 that's that's a huge amount of body yeah. weight to put on that's a 10 percent body weight so yeah that's a little crazy i mean it'd be it'd be super cool to be a three division world champion but that's easier said than done yeah well that's <laughs> that's right how about 63 <laughs> let's keep it going right <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, so is what does she think is the most competitive women's weight class right now? 
Bon, bah, quelle est la catégorie la plus compétitive <rire> Laquelle 450 Yeah. So it's a good argument. I mean, look, it, it Sheffield is number one and number two in the world now. Um, so it's a good argument. And they're like, like, there have been a lot, a lot of, like, we were just looking for not improving the world record before Sheffield, you know? And there were like two or
I will do my biggest meet of my life and then just have a few weeks, 10, 11 weeks to prepare for words, you know, and like asking you will be given like, here we go. Like now you know <laughs> why you, why you want to work, you know? And she said she needed this. So it's pretty good actually that there's a, it happened like this. Um, like Russell or he was on the podcast and he's like, he said, I need, I want that pressure. Like the, he, he said, pressure is a privilege. And when yeah. you were, he's like, people look at me and they think that I'm like, like some people say like, he's arrogant, cocky, but he's like, when I'm day to day, he's like, I'm actually insecure, full of anxiety because I don't, I see the other people in the world and what they're bringing and it makes me holy shit. But that actually makes me work hard because I'm so anxious about what might happen. He's like, that's why I work as hard as I do throughout training. I'm, I'm anxious and I'm working as hard as I can. Cause he's like, holy shit, I might lose. But then the day comes and then I'm confident because I know how hard I worked. So he's like, I'm at peace with it. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But if nobody's on your heels chasing you, it's hard to really, you, you will put in three hours that day. No doubt. You'll put in three hours mm. in the gym. But there's a difference between the three. It's not the same intensity. Yeah. Dog. And people think, nah, you'll train hard. People are human. When you wake up and you're like fucking Evie's in New Zealand and you go to sleep and you're like, I want to go to sleep with my head on my pillow thinking I left it. Well, it actually I, makes me think about uh, Schwarzenegger when he said, uh, like when they said to him, the wolf that's climbing the hill is hungrier than the wolf that's already yeah. on top of the hill. Yeah, and he said, as the champion overall, like, yeah, but the wolf on the top of the hill, of the of the hill, already has his food. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he eats what he wants to, to eat. People come and eat for it, and or you're chasing for it. It's what really makes a competitor live. Like, if you're on the top and you have nobody near, like Taylor Atwood, mm. like, I understand that you have less motivation. Like, you have still discipline and stuff, but you're doing numbers that no one ever did and no one looks like will be like no one looks like he will do one day like and any 64 kilos right now i don't see anyone doing 840 you know right so that's not motivating like what are you doing that for you're already the best no one's coming near you so it's needed in sport it never sport like not only powerlifting like where there was a duo that was struggling to beat each other that's where the greatest performances ever happened so i i remember uh Celine the machine was on the podcast and um she was tired and she'd been working and she's like uh she didn't want she didn't want to go to the gym that day and she was training for the usapl like one of the pro series events and she texted her husband and said tell me something that's going to make me want to go to the gym because i don't have motivation and her husband texted back I bet you Sam Calhoun went to the gym today. And Celine is like, that did it. <laughs> she was gonna face <laughs> yeah, Celine. good enough. She's going to face Sam. She's like, good enough. I'm going to the gym. It's it's true. Like there's a re competitiveness. This is what it does. It elevates you. You know, yeah. it, the pressure, the anxiety, when you feel it in the moment, you're like, fuck, this is a lot, man. This is tough to deal with. But when you look back, you're like, there's no way I would have pushed like that if somebody wasn't all over me. Um, and hopefully Noemi and Evie have like a sports rivalry for like years to come. Cause this is crazy. How far, how far do you guys think you can push the 52 kilo total? 
Like in, I won't, I won't say a number. I already have mine in, in my head. Like five hundred's coming. Is five hundred falling? Not in twelve weeks or whatever, eleven weeks. But like, is it possible a fifty-two is going to hit five hundred kilos in a couple, like within two, three, four years? I think it is. What is Noemi? Noemi, what do you think? Il demande le chiffre que je parle en cinquante-deux, c'est ça? Et après? Alors non, ça j'ai dit qu'on ne le dira pas. Mais il demande, est-ce que tu penses qu'en 2, 3, 4 ans, c'est possible que les 500 tombent à 52 500 Oh C'est bon. Pas forcément <rire> toi, hein, mais est-ce que ouais. c'est possible pour les 52 de... Peut-être peut dans 6 ou 7 ans, peut-être. Franchement, peut-être. Ouais. 6 ou 7 ans Oui. Parce que 460, we're getting close, hein It's getting close. Like, if you think about the jump that just happened in the last year, what did it get moved up? Like 15 kilos? Like, it's... 22 kilos right 22 now. kilos? Well, I mean, it's crazy. It's it's some big jumps. Now, it could plateau for a little while. Um, but there's new waves of new people coming. So who knows what's going to happen? One we'll of the... see, like... Yeah. No one see the 105 world record move up to 936. Like yeah. Anatoly moved up and he he did it. So yeah, um, I don't know. I seen the Road to Sheffield video with Noemi and it was freaking amazing. I didn't know her background like that. I want to ask her about that. So, I mean, this might be a long answer, so maybe you got to chop it up a little bit. But for people who don't know, um, if you could ask, or, or I mean, you could ask her, but you could also you probably already know the story, but. Tell that story because I had no idea, and it's fucking an amazing inspirational story. Vas-y, non, alors fais-moi un petit résumé de de ton histoire. Tu tu connais laquelle? Essaie de la simplifier, et puis je te petit à petit, ok? Du coup, en gros, je suis née mal formée. Je suis née avec, enfin, j'étais née avec une une jambe plus grande que l'autre de 5 cm. Du coup, bah, j'avais des, enfin, j'ai des problèmes au dos, des problèmes à la hanche, etc. Et euh, à l'âge de 14 ans, du coup, je me suis fait agrandir la jambe de 5 cm. Pour la faire courte. Okay. Je commence par ça. Bon, um, to make it a short answer, like she's born with a leg that was shorter by 5 cm. Holy that, shit. I don't know in inches how much it is, but. That's like 3 inches. That's substantial. It's a big difference. Yes. Yeah, it's a big difference. So she grew up with a lot of back and hip issues. Uh, she has a lot, a lot of problems around that. And at 14 years of age, she had a surgery that took place and took three months, if I don't, if I remember good, two or three months that like on the femur, they, I don't know how it works. Like I'm not, of course, not my domain, but it added the five centimeters to the leg. It's not still, it didn't catch up exactly to the other leg, but it's a matter of millimeters now. So it's pretty good. Et tu peux dire aussi que, euh, par exemple, tous les jours, en fait, j'avais un clou dans la, dans la jambe et que tous les jours, je devais faire 20 clics et ça, ça agrandissait en fait de 1 mm tous les jours. This is gonna have to translate, but she had like a, a, an object like, I don't know how to say it, that was planted in her leg. Mm. You had to turn 20 times it per day and every day it added 1 mm. So... What? <laughs> Or, or, or one no, or no shit. Yes. Yeah. Oui, it was that, yeah. 
So every so it was day, like painful and stuff. Yeah, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Every day she turned. They had to turn an object in her leg twenty times, and it just spread one millimeter a day in the femoral. I guess. Yeah. En gros, ils coupent l'os en deux et tous les jours tu brandis en fait l'os. Holy fuck! Yeah, they they cut the the femur in half and every day, like you break it a little bit to make it reconstruct and decorate again. And... This is crazy. First off, um, yeah. So, <laughs> did they think like at first that you you know her parents, the doctors, everyone would never have assumed she'd be a world champion powerlifter, breaking world records and everything. Yeah, of course, that's crazy. What did they tell her parents, like, in terms of what she, th what they thought she'd be able to do with her leg? Like, would were they expecting her to have full use of it and she'd be just like everybody else? Or the médecin pensait que t'allais être comme tout le monde saine après, ou pensait que t'allais même avoir peut-être des problèmes à marcher, ou enfin qu'est-ce qu'ils s'attendaient à avoir? Plutôt, ils m'avaient dit de pas faire de sport à cause de mon dos. Après, le fait que que je, que je devienne un jour championne du monde ou que je fasse quelque chose comme ça, c'était impossible pour eux. Euh, et c'était plutôt bah, pas faire de sport, juste euh, essayer bah, de peut-être faire un petit peu de musculation, de la marche, etc. Mais euh, pas pousser lourd, justement, <rire> à cause du dos. <rire> pas porter des charges lourdes. <rire> Attends, tu peux répéter juste la dernière phase parce que ça a bugué deux secondes En gros, euh, bah, de faire de la marche, euh, de faire bah, un petit peu de musculation, mais de pas porter... <rire> Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, they had the hope to make her move pretty good again, like walk and do stuff around and maybe do some fitness, but never to like carry heavy loads. Like that was never expected to, to be possible. I mean, it's the craziest <laughs> of loads. Like it's, it's not even, um, yeah. The, those doctors now would be like, holy shit, if they watch Sheffield, they'd be yeah. like, all right, well, it was a success anyways. How did she find powerlifting? Um, so I know this, uh, this story. Like, she got into a gym, like, just to move around and get in shape again. And there was the, I don't know him, but it was the old junior national coach in France that saw her moving and she and he told she to like try try it out like just come do some squat bench and then let's see what what you can do so it was completely a random like <laughs> and then here we are and then yeah. all, of a sudden, all of a sudden it's like oh my god i think i might be good at this did she <laughs> did she think like initially like i could be a world champion at this does she have any indication like holy shit i'm strong no <laughs> really because some people are like naturally strong and everyone's like, you got to do this. Was she strong initially or no? Um, 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 J'étais pas entraînée pour faire de la force, mais je pense que naturellement j'étais forte. Donc, euh... et puis j'ai le physique aussi pour, euh, pour faire du powerlifting. Je suis petite, j'ai des grosses cuisses, j'ai des grands bras. Euh... Voilà quoi. Yeah, so she says that um, the first time she trained squat bench and deadlift, she did 40 kilos en squat, 
30 on bench and 60 on deadlifts. Oh my God, 40 and 30? That's close. (laughs) She almost bench pressed her squat. (laughs) Yeah. And like she she never trained before that. So she felt like she was done for powerlifting. Like she was she was feeling strong and stuff, but not to the point where as soon as she started lifting, she felt like I can do big things. Right? Mm. And the rest is history, man. Isn't it crazy? Like that's why when someone starts, you never know where they're gonna end up. I've seen it happen where people like uh like people you see someone on the way up and they feel ambitious a little bit. And there are some people like, nah, they have so much room to grow. Like it's going to take forever. It happens, man. It happens yeah. even for a lady with like, like a leg that's like three inches shorter than the other leg, et cetera. Um, okay. Let's play a little something called the name game. So with the name game, you, I say your name and she could say one word, two words, a story as much or as little as she wants. Some people, like if I say, ray williams some people say like the goat or if i say like um uh mike t someone will go into a whole story let me tell you a story about it. there's no right and wrong answer it could be as much okay. or as little as you want is the name game and i'm just gonna pull up my names okay so first name evie corrigan um the la goutte de la <laughs> 52 is goat, like number one. Goat? Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it seems early to say goat, but okay. Um, does she not? So she doesn't consider herself the 52 goat, Noemi? Apparently not. That's why I say that. But she doesn't consider herself the 52, the goat of the 52? Yes, but more than her, of course, because. Elle m'a battu, donc euh, j'aurai ma revanche. <laughs> uh, it's just because we lost last time, but for now, she doesn't consider herself this way, but we'll see the next one. That's right. We'll, we'll see that next one, huh? Everyone, get, <laughs> we'll see that next. There's always a next one. Um, Plin Deckers. Um, je, je dirais uh, la, la championne au squat. <laughs> la world champion au squat. <laughs> Squat champion, first. Yeah, she's got an absolutely amazing squat. Uh, does she still? The, where's who owns the world record? Does she still have the squat world record? Is that kind of no? Okay, we we took it. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Okay. Thoughts. All right. Um, Turbo Tiff. Um, je dirais uh, uh, bah la goutte des cinq des quarante sept. Je pense que pour l'instant on est très très au dessus. Donc uh, goutte des quarante sept. Yeah, so 47's goat, like she's not touchable for now. So, um, how about Jad Jacob? Je vais dire goat des 50. Non, vraiment, je sais pas moi. Um, je pense que c'est le la future powerlifter numéro un en France. Oh, wow, no, shit. Okay, I'll let you translate, but I do what that means. Future number one powerlifter in France in the women division. And that probably means in the world too, the Tout Le Monde, c'est France. Because French is like the leading nation in the women's division, right? Yep. Wow. Big praise. We'll see. She's young. Um, Leah Bavois. Um, 
Je sais pas. Don't know. <rire> euh, je dirais... Euh... Non, je sais pas. Tu dirais quoi, toi, Yous Bah, pour l'instant, c'est la plus forte de tous les temps en indice, quoi. Je sais pas si Amanda l'a battu, là, Sheffield. Ah, je sais pas. Euh, bah, la plus forte, la, la powerlifteuse numéro 1 mondiale. Number one powerlift in the world for now. And so, biggest talent that we've seen until now. Um, Panagiotis. Pas de commentaire. <laughs> Allez, non, non. No comment? No comment, non. No comment, okay. Um, and Yusuf. Yeah. No, that is the next name. Ah! Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, no? Ah, pour Pana, j'avais un mot. J'aurais dit dragon, mais c'est pas grave. <laughs> um, pour uh, Yus, um, bah, après, je dirais uh, un des meilleurs coachs. The best coach. One of the best coaches, yeah. One yeah. of the best. One of the best, okay. Well, that's fair enough. Um, and one more one, because I'm kind of interested in this. Russell or he? Je le connais pas. Physiquement, il est incroyable, mais personnellement, je le connais pas. Okay, so she says she, he is incredibly strong and physically incredible, but she doesn't know him and she doesn't really follow a lot of powerlifters, like really. Really? Okay. I, yeah. I was going to ask because um, in the US, and, and I'm always interested in how like different nations and cultures take this. In the US right now, there's a lot of like trash talk between some of these men. Yeah. I don't know if she, if you guys have like been following I do a little bit not that much, but she doesn't for sure. Yeah. She doesn't? Okay. Um, no. But how does she feel about like that aspect of it? I don't know if this is a very American thing because I know in American sports, like basketball is not just American, but the NBA certainly is uh, American football. And like some of these over there, it's normal for like trash talk as long as it stays in sports. How, how does she feel about it in, in yourself coming from France, Italy, like you have, you guys are more in tune with how it is in, in Europe. Bon, euh, qu'est-ce que tu en penses du coup du... Parce qu'en gros, il y a une histoire en Amérique où il y a des athlètes qui sont trash talk. Mm. C'est parti un peu en cacahuète. Toi, qu'est-ce que tu en penses du trash talk dans le sport tant que ça reste dans le sport Et... Moi, j'aime bien parce que je pense que ça fait partie du sport aussi. J'avais commencé un petit peu à me trash talk avec Ezer quand j'étais en 47. Et, euh... Et après, euh, honnêtement, en 52, c'est. Enfin, depuis que je suis montée en 52, il y a... tous les athlètes sont très sains, c'est très. Enfin, elles ont très, une très bonne mentalité. Donc, il euh, n'y a pas énormément de trash talk en 52, mais effectivement, en 47, avec les heures, ça avait commencé un petit peu. Ok, so she says that she actually like to have some trash talk in, in the sports, like it's part of it. In the 47, she actually had some little beef with either color, I guess, she, she told me. And in the 52, not yet, because every lifter that we faced has a pretty good, like, they They go along pretty well, so there's no clash between them. They just do their stuff, and it's okay. But she actually liked the the fact that there that could be uh, that Parisian could have some trash talk in it. Like it's a good thing. It makes it spicy for like fans. It makes yeah. fans invest emotionally, and then yeah. if you're invested, like say you're a Noemi Alibert fan, 
if somebody says something about Noemi, you're like, what? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you become more entrenched on Team Noemi. All of a sudden, when you show up, you're like, get him. Like, you know, slay queen. You're like, let's go. Um, and then when your person trash talks back, you're like, hell yeah. All of a sudden, like, you're more, it's, it, this is what happens in sports. We see it in team sports, like your hockey team versus the other hockey team, and you hate those guys. You don't actually, yeah. you don't actually hate them, but it's no. like, uh, I don't know what it is, but it, but some people don't like it. Some people are like, yeah, I don't like it in powerlifting, not in powerlifting. So I was interested and I was wondering. That's not interesting, but I knew that there is some leagues outside EPF, IPF, like the Irish Pro, where they actually have some interviews before um, before the meet and there is some trust talk. Like, I, I must see that. I, I still did not see any interview like that, but I think it could be a good thing. Like, As long as it's like about sports. It's yeah, not like, yeah, of course. Yeah, like not trading into personal attacks. But if it's like sporting, it is what it is. Um, like I've seen it like on the podcast type deal. The thing is, I don't think Evie's a trash talker, just letting you guys know. <laughs> That's all the impression. I saw her during the meet and it was like she's laughing all along, like how she's even competing like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, it is what it is. All right, that is the end of the name game. I wanna I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast first off, and thank you for coming on, my man. Um, helping out with translation. And I wanted you on anyways, because you get like a, a feedback from a coaching perspective. Obviously you were there for these battles and you're going to be there and you're going to be there in Malta, right? Yeah. I okay. will be there, sir. Perfect. Perfect. Um, before I let you guys go, how do people contact you if they want to get coaching? Like just on Instagram or, or by email, like I got everything on there. So yeah. And give everybody your Instagram handle then. Yeah, it's just Yusuf underscore E-L underscore Adlani. Very simple. Perfect. And does Noemi coach people? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, keep it simple. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. <laughs> Listen, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, much appreciated. Good luck. I'll see you guys in Malta. It's going to be amazing. Everybody's going to watch because everyone loved Sheffield. And we got to run it back. We got unfinished business. We gotta figure out who is the greatest we do. of all time. Um, yeah. And and for everybody listening, please do subscribe, give us high ratings. Until next time, six pack lap it at six up, and we are out.